Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks up a block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on, everybody? Uh, me and Grifka, we are recording a little bit early on a Monday here. Um, it's another holiday week, so you guys are probably listening to us on uh, Wednesday. And if you are, Happy New Year! It's 2020. Grifka is in the house. And Grifka, we got to throw this music up because it's 2020, baby. We are done with the 2019 season. We're going to talk about the Green Bay game, but we're heading to 2020, and I'm excited for it. So, what's going on, Grifka? Oh, yeah, man. I'm happy that the calendar flipped, man. Uh, you know, we all said it was a real trying season, but it's over. It's time to, uh, you know, disperse with the leftover Kool-Aid from 2019, start mixing up the new batch for 2020. <laughs> Absolutely, man. It's crazy that it's 2020. I can't even believe it. We've had a blast doing this show the past, uh, man, couple years now. I think we've been doing this thing. We're really looking forward to it. So we hope everybody had a tremendous new year. You're listening to us in the new decade. I mean, I'm still trying to bring Grifka along, but it's going to be the decade of the Lions. The biggest offseason of our life is coming up, and I'm super fired up. So um, it's going to be big, Grifka. You ready for this or what? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. All right, everybody. 2019 in the rearview mirror. We're heading forward to 2020 right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Let's do this thing. Um, I think a few arguments may ensue, some hilarity, and we're going to talk about this Green Bay game that happened, Grifka, on Sunday to close out the season for our Detroit Lions. So you ready to do this? Yeah, let's uh, jump right into this. (laughs) Grifka, I'm I'm glad you're ready because I'm coming at you right out the get-go. So yesterday I'm sitting there watching the game, minding my own business, carrying on. All of a sudden, Paul from Tampa chimes in on Twitter. And what does he say? Some shenanigans, some, you know, foolishness about, hey, uh, you guys know that guy Chase Young that everybody says is a generational talent? Um, he's, uh, he's not that great. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I'm like, all you people overthinking it. This guy has a couple bad football games, and now you're ready to go take someone else and outthink yourselves in the draft. And then you come chiming in, coming, oh, yeah, he hasn't played very well in all these games. Uh, I, I'd pass on him, and I start coming at you. Next thing you know, I'm in like a 20-minute Twitter battle with you, Paul from Tampa, and a few people come to my rescue. It's like, what is happening yesterday? What, I mean, you're, you're, you're bailing on a guy like Chase Young because a couple games you watched your lazy boy wasn't good, so now you're just, uh, you're just giving him your tagline or what? Well, I don't know if he's as good as like all this hype that he's getting. I mean, he had he had he had two weeks off in the year, and he came back, you know, fresh, you know, for the Penn State game, the Michigan game, the Wisconsin game, and you know the Clemson game, and he was a ghost in in all those games. 
And you're watching the game, they're like, oh, no, he's doing this. It's allowing everybody else. Well, like I said, he's not as good as either one of the Bosa's because they were doing the same stuff to them. And Joey and what's that? You know, whatever Bobby Bosa, whatever his name is. I can't remember right off the top of my head. You know, those Nick and Joey, are... come on. Okay. Like You think a draft expert like you would know this. Come on. It slipped my mind. Um, you know, it's like, like you said, it's Monday night, but I've started partying early. I'm, you know, drinking some of the bubbly right now. So, uh... <laughs> Griffco, you got to get it right. It's a little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> That's how you got to do it. Yeah, I mean, I just, I like, like I, I put back to you. It's like, don't be surprised if he's not Reggie White or even Dwayne White. I mean, so. It, <laughs> I, I, everybody's making it sound like he's like he's stud, but I mean, there's, he was a ghost in four straight games. I mean, once they kind of figured it out, and like pro coaches are, tend to be better than college coaches, so you know, it oh doesn't matter. He's saying how he's going back to Ohio State, anyways. He must be getting paid pretty good there, so he doesn't need the money in that. So, oh, Griffka, I cannot wait till draft time where we get to battle it out because your takes make me laugh so much. Like these people, I swear, I got so many like. I have so much love for the Lions fans and I have so many bones to pick with them during draft season and when they're just coming at our, our whole organization because all they see is the record. They can't look past like anything other than these these bottom line statements. Like hey, have you seen Chase Young in a jersey, Grifka? Yeah, I've seen him in a jersey. He looks like every other <laughs> defensive end in a jersey with shoulder pads and a helmet. He looks like every other defensive end. He first of all he wears a midriff. The thing's not even – he's got like do. a half They jersey. all do at Ohio State because they got to show off like their six-pack abs because they spend more time in the gym doing crunches than they do like studying the globe. You know, I mean, you know they're not doing their homework or going to class there. So, I mean, you know, they're like football 101. You know, you pass rush 101. You should probably see like his class schedule. I highly doubt there's a psychology class on there at all. Grifka, unlike you this year where like every chance you get you brought up uh, I don't know this guy named Baker Mayfield and you said how bad he was and then you went on about your other two draft prospects you actually got right it, speaking of abs it, can, can you just can you just tip your cap a little bit on uh, DK Metcalf here the, the guy's been real good he doesn't just run nines he's running all types of routes catching the football I mean you want to talk about ads and abs and a specimen I said he was. He's faster and bigger than everybody. He's in the perfect offense. I mean, can you can you half tip your cap, or is that you can't do that? No, I mean, I was. Uh, oh my thinking, gosh. No, no, no. Listen, listen. Hear me out. I was. Uh, I totally. I'm totally coming to your side on there. I'm tipping my cap. I'm throwing you as much love as possible because I was watching that 49ers Seattle game. You know, and, and I, I, you know, seen his you know, stats. And even when I, even when I seen his stats before, I mean, I was like, holy bleep. I'm like, damn, Derek. I was just like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to have to give him some love for this. And I was, I was planning on giving you love for it at, at you know, season's end. But, uh, but, you know, since you brought him up, I, yeah, I will hand it to you. I mean, wow, yes. man, we, we've come a long way, Grifka. You actually half admit something. I mean, I try to not only give you dap, but like you give yourself enough on the ones you get right. Now you're giving me a little bit. So Grifka on DK Metcalf, at least for right now, me and you somewhat, I don't know, agree. We agree. <laughs> so, like, so you've seen I mean, was, Chase Young very, in uniform. He was, he was, he was very, Metcalf was very impressive against, <laughs> against some very good defensive backs that he played against this year. He, re, he really was. And, and my favorite part of your take is that you finally got to 
put Grifka's eyes on him, and that's what does it for you every time. Like you, you, you barely see him. You kind of, but but if, if you watch him and he's good, then you just tip your cap. That's my favorite. But let's get back to Chase Young real quick because we're going to move on to some other healthy. topic. Yeah, yeah Chase I know Young. We'll have, well, plenty of other options. We'll plenty of more uh, time to talk about you know your, your man love for Chase Young. So <laughs> exactly. So even though he so won't you... be there at three, but okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Well, hell, so you've he seen it in the draft. Go back to Ohio State. He obviously has a sugar daddy that pays for plane tickets for his girlfriend. So, <laughs> Griffin, can I talk? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> You've seen this guy in a jersey. You say he looks like every other defensive end. Everybody that does this for a living and that is a high level is calling this guy a generational prospect. He gets after the quarterback. He sets the edge in the run game. But you and Paul from Tampa want to just – you just know better than everybody. And you, if he's there, you're passing on him for for Brown or you're going to take you're gonna take Simmons. And, oh, you're going to just – you're going to get this all generational guy like – don't do that at the top of the draft. You want to do that in the fourth round and and, and pull out your guy, your guy. I don't know, Rocky Asin, and try to outthink everybody. After I told you who he was, because you thought he was some some guy from the from the Far East, uh, like I, I, that's fine. But don't do that in the top. Don't don't play this game the next couple months. Like you're unsure about Chase Young. Because I'm telling you, it's it's pretty much a a slam dunk on this guy. I don't know why everybody's doing the old draft overthinking. So after about 10 Twitter exchanges of me coming back at you and you telling me, oh, I don't know anything about the draft and me telling you that your lazy boy is the only place that you do any drafting once or twice a year or scouting that is, like finally we agreed on something when we both tweeted out at the exact same time. A-O, oh, baby. That was, that was, a, that was oh, a, baby. That was a hell of a pick. I mean that really oh, was man. that was a hell of a pick, and I realized you know we you know we'll talk about that game. He did get abused on that one play when Slay was out injured, and I realized Slay was trying to man up. And people are like, I have this one friend who just bashes on Slay all the time, and I'm just always like, well, that's your opinion, man. And uh, I mean Slay was out injured, walked away, and you know Rogers you know took advantage of AO on that touchdown to Adams, but still, I mean, you know this guy could be. You know, you could be pretty solid for the Lions, you know, for years to come. So we'll get to AO. Hey, Grifka, did you tell your friend about the whole handshake with you and Darius Slay every time he comes at you? Yeah, he uh, he knows about it. He's not impressed though. <laughs> you think I'm not oh, impressed man. with stuff? This guy's less impressed with stuff than me. <laughs> oh my goodness, miserable. <laughs> I uh. I uh, hate to do it, but I got to do it. We got to shout out your boy, Big Play, on the show because he had put out uh, – he's been – he's always funny in his pressers. He put out a good tweet about uh, seven years down looking for a big 2020. So I said, what the heck? You know, I'll shoot him a, a text back and said, hey, Slay, you always ball out. You make me laugh. Um, you know, you're an elite corner. You know, hashtag one pride as I do for the uh, – to represent for, for the all Lions fans. And he not only likes the tweet, he retweets. So big, big play, man. What a, what a man of the people and a fan favorite. So I, uh, I know that he did that partly because he's like, man, isn't that Grifka's buddy who, uh, who shook my hand and told me I was going to be good. Like, let, let me give him a retweet. <laughs> probably. And, uh, <laughs> that's probably why. And I, I know, um, I know Darius got my, got my, uh, he got my Christmas card this year. Cause I wrote the address on it. Perfect. Um, I realized he was probably too busy to send one back, but I'm cool with that. I'll send him another one next year. And, you know, once again, I'll write the address on him perfect. So. Oh, man, just don't go over the Zawaki Bridge, Grisha. Um, <laughs> okay. 
So so we we got the Chase Young argument out of the way. I actually have Jerry Judy argument here on my little show sheet, but we'll have to save that for another day because Grifka, we got to get into this Green Bay review. I think there's a lot to say about this game as well as to finish out the season strong. So how about we take a quick break for our sponsors? We'll come back and talk all about it. Yeah, that's good. All right, everybody, uh, please support our sponsors. We'll be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Detroit Kool-Aid, we're back in the house. Uh, we we got to talk about Green Bay visiting Ford Field, but but I got to tee this up first of all, Grifka. So months ago, it was back in October. Me and you made the long road trip to Green Bay. We told the people all about it. We did some podcasts on the road. We had one of the greater tailgates of all time. We had incredible seats. We got off to an incredible start with the flea flicker, where I think I squealed the minute it went because I was so excited. We got up big. Me and you argued for about two quarters because you bitched about the one bad thing they did. And the Lions came back and lost in heartbreaking fashion. Would have been first place in the division. Looked like we were rolling at that point. And all you could say on the way out to all the Cheddarheads was, hey, guys, that was a good game. I really had fun in Green Bay. I really, man, that was a great football game. And I'm sitting there like, Grifka, shut the hell up. We just got screwed by the refs. That was the worst game I've ever seen in my life. So we argued for another, what, five hours as we drove home and got hit by a deer uh, in the car. So that it was a great experience except for the game. Yet for some reason you thought it was great. So moving to this game at Ford Field, Krifka, I thought this was a great football game. I mean, <laughs> to, to, to me, we uh, everything other than the final score and the fact that Aaron Rodgers got his phantom call like he always does at the end and stupid Mason Crosby hit a field goal at the buzzer. I thought young talent played pretty well. I thought that we um, we had some bright spots. I was sad to see Kenny go out because he was balling again in the beginning and would have went way over 1,200 and maybe found the end zone a couple times. But A.O., Will Harris – uh, you know, I, I like some things I saw from the linebacking core. I mean, lots of lots of bright spots, I thought, and pretty fun football game for a team that's three wins going against a team that has, you know, 12 wins trying to win a dang uh, bye week. We take them right to the brink. I mean, what do you think about this game? Yeah, I'm in agreement with you on that. I thought that was a, a very entertaining, entertaining football game and good, and it seemed like uh, um, at some points the uh, – I mean, once again, everybody's going to be like, oh, yeah, blame the refs. I, I know I tweeted at one point where, uh, what is it? I think it was a back judge by Erdogan. And it was actually the side judge talked the line judge into that. Was I think it maybe it was uh, Adams or whatever. No, I, coming down with the catch on the sideline, and his foot was a good eight inches out of bounds. 
and you watch the replay and like the side judge is like staring at his feet and he comes up. If you watch it, the line judge is kind of like, you know, you know, going to make this going to make the move with his arms that he's like, you know, it's an incomplete pass. And then the, the, the side judge comes up, talks to him and then they're like completed pass. And I'm just like, you know, I was more angry. It's like you have to waste a challenge on that. I mean, it's like that's like so obvious. And even like Charles Davis is like calling the game. He's just like, well, this should be reviewed like in four seconds. I mean, what were you looking at, side judge? You, you, you watch it. You're looking right at his feet. And you're going to, like, call that a catch? I mean, so obviously, you know, the NFL was really trying to do a good job trying to give, you know, Aaron Rodgers some calls considering they were losing at that point in the game. But, uh, you know, they had the phantom call later. And was it Tate, Was it Wilson got called for, you know, roughing the quarterback after he starts to dive at, you know, Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers decides to slide. And uh, he hits a shoulder pad. And since, you know, it looked bad enough that uh, – you know, they called the rough in the passer for Aaron Rodgers. And, yeah, you know, but it was it was a very entertaining game. And um, I thought Blau played probably his best game he had since, you know, since uh, Thanksgiving, even though his one pass, his interception. It, I wish you please cue up the soundbite, you know, the what the hell you doing? Because I think I'm pretty much that's what I said when I saw him throw to two Packers guys. So I was that was the most head scratching pass he had all game. What the hell are you doing? Grifka, l- let me read my tweet about this. I- I'm glad you went right to the officials because, again, the-, the officials didn't cost us this game. But but that play on the sideline, I'm so with you that the fact that we have to even waste a challenge. Here- here's what I wrote on Twitter. I didn't see yours, but I'm sure it was a very positive, glowing tweet. Uh, I put, I literally just saw two buffoons, urgh, zebras, look right at a play, black cleats on a white sideline, and then emphatically called it a catch. Morons. Unbelievable. At NFL officiating. What a freaking joke. Like, does that sum it up or what? I know you went on like a three-minute diatribe about it, but that's all that needs to be said. These guys are absolute clown shows, and it's just an embarrassment to football. Yeah, I, that's exactly it. And and I know two guys were there looking at it. And and, and I know what is it? The lines didn't use another challenge. And there's points during the season we kind of questioned like why Matt Pat didn't throw the challenge flag at certain situations. But I guess what I find more annoying is just like it's so blatantly obvious that his foot was out of bounds. Even like even at game speed, I was just like, well, that's not a catch. You could tell like you could just I'm just like that wasn't a catch. And then they show it and. They call it a catch, and I'm just I'm like, are you kidding me? And then they show the replay, and it's like, duh. And the worst part is you have to waste a challenge because you never know when you're going to have to use that again. You know, on something that's so obvious that they missed it that bad. You know, it's just, Right, and hello, NFL. Like, okay, you screw up a call. The, the, the coach has to challenge it to get it overturned. Why, why is the guy not getting his challenge back? Like, you screwed up. He he called you on your screw-up. He got it right. Why is that a burn challenge? It's like a it can come back to be a huge negative in a football game. Why? Because your guys are absolute buffoons and don't know what they're doing and, and have, like, you know, the, the eyesight of Ray Charles? Like, are you kidding me? Like, this is ridiculous. Griff, could, can I talk about a better topic real quick? Yeah. And then I'll give it back to you. So listen to this. Uh, again, I was doing probably 10 different things during this game. Keep my eye on it, working on some other projects. But I was shooting a few tweets out. So get this tweet. I put, what happened to the one or two trick plays per game, too, that we utilize early this season? Dial it up when it matters throughout the year, Bev. 
about 15 minutes later there it is <laughs> bev with some magic again <laughs> do this when it matters in 2020 boys i mean is is that about as good as my hey freaking signbow scarborough would you 10 minutes later the lion's signbow scarborough <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they must be reading these tweets. Like, well, you know, Derek, you know, Derek Oakery, you know, at Derek Oakery, so you do this. So, okay, Bob Quinn gave me a follow, and now my tweets are getting right to the offensive coordinator. It's incredible. <laughs> it's like that's what you're doing, and then what's happening is kind of like one of those. It's like a movie almost. Like you can win a chance to stand on the sidelines with the Detroit Lions and call plays. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> That's what happens. I mean, it's third and long. What should we do? I think we should run a draw play. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, man. I had another one during the game. I was talking with some friends, and I go, how about we just run some smash mouth with on Johnson, get him in the end zone, and like three plays later, they got it down to the one, and he just bowled over a guy and got a TD. I love that, too. Yeah. That's, uh, so, that offensive line, the middle of the offensive line played uh, – Played pretty well. I just I just don't know if it was just a good matchup for him against Green Bay's defense. I'm still not sold on how awesome you know uh, they made great Green Bay's defense sound all year. I mean, yeah, they cut their stats down and they're improved, but I mean that was a nice clothesline. Was it one of the Smith brothers had on Blau early? I mean that was like such a blatant roughing. I'm surprised they even called roughing the passer on that. I really was when he got hit. It was just like he was giving him the clothesline from hell, the JBL clothesline from hell on that. Is what it was. Grifka, here, here's two softballs for you. So, so Grifka, you thought the Green Bay like defense, everybody was saying they were playing incredible, but I mean, you thought uh, yeah, they weren't. Great. <laughs> and then, hey, Grifka, did you say our offensive line was playing, I don't know, pretty good? I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> the middle was. <laughs> pretty, 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 pretty good. Wait, wait you, had, you had issues with the edge guys or something? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you know, my favorite boy, I'm watching him early on, you know, uh, Smith beats him off the edge, but Blau's able to pass it away. And then there's another one, he blocks him. And then like Smith, like gives him, it's like, and, like, once again, for some odd reason, like listen to Packers games, they just make them sound like no matter what that team does, it's like the most amazing athletic play around. It's just like Decker goes out to block Smith. He gives him just kind of like a like a stanky leg and drop foot and like Decker just stands there and goes up and tackles carry on when he tries to get to the edge and they're like what a great move great move Decker's standing there like a statue man I mean I mean come on it's, it, let's not act like you know you know Reggie that you know the second coming of Reggie White was out there putting all these moves on him it's just like you know <laughs> Grifka let, let me help you out and then let me talk Okay. What the hell are you doing? There you go. That that's that's you to Taylor Decker. And let me say this. This is what I want to get off the top. So so every week or two we have this back and forth about Taylor Decker, Jared Dace, whatever. So so you you notice the play where the guy ran right around Taylor Decker and he stood there like a just a piece of crap. You noticed another play which you just detailed or whatever. You do know that there was probably sixty other snaps in that game where Basically, he was just not seen at all and was probably all over his man. You do realize this, right? You mean Smith or Taylor Decker? Taylor Decker. Because what I'm trying to get across to you is that like, we, we can pull up any game and, and, and watch certain players, and they're always going to miss blocks. They're going to they're gonna not run through the hole. They're gonna, always going to mess up. But my thing is, like, when, when it's like 75% one way and 25, I'm taking the 75%. That's why I back this guy. I said on a another show or my show last week, I was like, 
he's not elite. He's not incredible, but like for the two plays you called out the rest of the game, I don't notice, I don't notice barely anything from the guy. That's why we have this argument all the time. So like, are you ever going to get to that point where you, again, like you did with DK, like tip your cap that for three plus quarters, you never notice him, but two plays you did. And so you just hate the guy or does he have to choke slam you to get, to get this through? I mean, he could try to choke slam me, but I obviously just gave him a drop stanky leg, you know, standing like a, you know, like a statue, and I'll just go around him. But I, mean, sorry, I guess I strive for my left tackle to be more of like, you know, I bring him up, get your bell, I'll bring up, you know, Anthony Munoz, Joe Thomas, Walter Jones, those guys. You know, right, yeah, laugh at me about it. That's a guy you can put one-on-one no matter who he's against. You don't have to worry about leaving a back in there to chip block in, moving the tight end on that God. side. No. Sorry, that's what I want out of a left tackle. And, you know, note, note to Grifka, not everybody's going to be a Hall of Fame, all pro, all everything guy. You can't well, have that's those the standard all the time. I go against. I'd, ra- I'd rather spend money on guys like that as opposed to like you know. <laughs> well, let's make sure we have enough money so we have a fifth defensive tackle. Okay. No. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Oh my goodness. All right. Um, so we're all over the place with this game, but like the, the summary of it. So like we come out the gate, you know, touchdown on the, on the throw from Danny to, uh, to Blau, which was incredible. I mean, I mean, that was just one of those draw it up in the dirt. You know, it just annoyed me again because, like, before this game started, I'm like, I really hope they don't pull out some incredible play because this really means nothing. Like, save it for next year's opener or something. Sure enough, they they pull the rabbit out of their hat. I tweeted out, like, it was kind of nice to see a little emotion from Matt Pat, a little excitement. But, you know, we shouldn't be needing some trick play as well as the last game of the season. That means nothing to get this guy, you know, not only fired up, but it kind of looking excited on the sideline. Then, then carry on, ran over the guy on the one-yard touchdown. That was an 11-play, 80-yard drive, 14-0. This is where in Green Bay, the the Packers come back and get a field goal where Grifka nudged me and said, look, this team's terrible. Like, they can't do anything right. I'm like, Grifka, it's 14-3. to we're, we're killing them. Um, but, you know, second quarter, 14-3, no big deal. We come right back down before the end of the half with – no time left and get a field goal. So 17, three at the half, like, how are you feeling? I, I know you're going to go on and tell the people about how I just want to get a victory and feel happy, but your brain, because I've, I've trained you as such the last couple of years, you have to know at this point, the only really thing that's important is, is getting that three or two pick at this point. I mean, we're having fun because our team is playing well, but did you go into Griff commode and just say you want to win? Cause you hate Aaron Rodgers? Oh yeah, of course I did. I mean, <laughs> of course. Like, any any time, you know, the Lions can beat Green Bay. I mean, I'm happy with. Now, if this was just like some game against they're playing like I don't know, like the Cardinals or the Jaguars or whatever like that, you know, you know, and you know, get going loose. I mean, you're gonna blow your draft pick against that. But I don't know. Anytime you can beat that smug guy Aaron Rodgers, and you know, gosh, I just. I can't stand him, and I just want to punch his mustache off his face. <laughs> but here's the thing, Grifka, like. Like I'm with you, and like I found myself starting to go there, being like, "All right, we're 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 beating them down." Like, and I I fought it. I was kind of like, as long as they continue to play well, keep people healthy, I I knew a loss could drop us a few spots, and and that's really, I don't know what beating. Well, I guess the the cherry on top would have been that you would have kept them away from the bye, but still, 
I, that's when I use my my analytical brain and say like, okay, would I rather keep Green Bay from one bye week and, and get the joy of a victory? Or would I rather be number three overall in every round of the draft where we're trying to turn our franchise around? So I, I enjoyed this game. I kind of almost got sucked in, but I kept saying, nope, like just keep playing well. And if we win, I guess it's a bonus, but I really... You know, the people might hate to hear it, but I didn't want this one for all the reasons that make sense. Yeah, I have one question. Where was that Ty Johnson all year? He had three rushes for 65 exactly. yards. Exactly. I was about to tee him up for you. Like, Your dude, boy finally that? finally came through. I mean, yeah. I think, though, was like I, I tweeted it out right away. I was like, finally, because I did the same thing for Will Harris. Like, you've been waiting for Ty Johnson to break one, and you even talked me into it. So for weeks on my fantasy show, hey, maybe this is the week Ty Johnson blows up. Maybe Ty Johnson will hit a home run. Maybe he'll hit a crease and go for 30, 40 yards. And then same with Will Harris. Hey, when's Will Harris going to get his hand on a football? When's Will Harris going to blitz off the edge and get after the quarterback? When's he going to, you know, maybe make a pick or make a play that's that's impactful instead of be two steps slow. And both of us got our wish in this game. They were both not only good, but what we expect. So got to keep it up, man. Yeah. I'm like, just hope it's like one of those things, like those plays like that. I hope it, you know, I'm really hoping that it carries over into next year, you know, where yeah. we can kind of like carry on, showed some stuff that game, Bo Scarville, he really showed some stuff. Ty Johnson showed that stuff. So, I don't know. Well, I know we'll talk about this in draft, you know, later. If this really <laughs> kind of puts that high draft pick, you know, second round running back to bed, you know, something like that. But we can discuss that later. So, Grifka, let's let's finish up this game. A couple guys you left off the list. I felt like T. Walk, Tracy Walker played really well. He's all over the field, over 100 tackles for the year, and he missed three games, as I believe Eric Schlitt put out on on online uh, that. That's that's big time. I mean, you don't want your safety. You know, you, I know Griffco, you'll do your bit about, well, he's making tackles 10 yards down the field. Like, to me, this was a Tracy Walker-type game where he was, he was guarding up on the line of scrimmage. He got his hands on a few footballs with his go-go gadget arms finally. He brought a few guys to the ground. The greatest tackle of the game, in my opinion, was that crossing route where A.O. was beat by, like, three yards, but when the guy made the tackle, he made just – or made the catch, he made an incredible tackle uh, to kind of keep him. I think that was either second or third down as well. So A.O., like you said earlier, great pick, um, played well. Uh, you know, him and Harris really got toasted on that run. But, uh, like you say, lines are up big. Everybody's saying, oh, man, let's – Let's beat the Packers. Sure enough, they come out in the third quarter. Touchdown to Devontae. Field goal from Crosby. <clears throat> 56-yarder by Matt Prater. I mean, that that was good from 76. That was incredible. And him blazing the tats was great. But sure enough, the stupid Packers come down. Like This is like what happened in Green Bay, too. That pass to Alan Lazar. It was like anything but this. What, what was it? Do I have the distance here? a 28 yard touchdown pass. Look, let's say it even takes them like two, three, four more plays to score rather than just one 30 yard chunk for a touchdown. Like we basically win the game again, but because they took this big chunk, you know, got up over slay touchdown, then they had enough time to get the football back, bleed the clock down, which was again, the most frustrating part. Cause even though I'm trying to use my brain, I'm thinking, are they really going to just take it down to nothing? And, and, Again, the little play to Aaron Jones, I mean, where he just should have been tackled. He gets through a few tackles, runs down there in field goal range. Like, 
that that's the part that drove me nuts. But other than that, I mean, like I say, I thought it was a good game. I thought it was fun to watch. I was glad we kept our, our draft status. And yeah, Aaron Rodgers is a piece of crap. Yeah, and I just I I get tired of like listening to and I generally like listening to Charles Davis call a game, but I was surprised how you know Aaron Rodgers was able to throw the ball so effectively in the second half with Charles Davis head so far up his butt because right. it's just one of those things like. Oh gosh, this is amazing! How hard! Like at one point they come back from a commercial break and they're just talking about how this Packers team isn't giving up and they're fighting back. And it's like, take a step back and realize who they're playing. They're they're playing the team that has nothing to play for and they're struggling with them. So yeah, maybe they were sleepwalking a little bit or whatever. But that's on the coach's job to have them up. It's like, hey, we're actually playing for this. We're actually playing for like you know home field advantage, blah blah blah. And if you want to come out and take the lines lightly, thinking you just you know slap the helmets on and go out and play, I mean that that did show some grit you know, by the Lions team, you know, that, you know, I mean, you want to hear the cliche playing for pride. So yeah, maybe they, you know, maybe they were doing that, but that that's like probably one of the best defensive games we've seen the Lions play all year until, you know, like you said, the wheels kind of fell off in the second half. And, you know, besides, you know, Wilson, you know, drilling Aaron Rodgers for the penalty, the hit that he put on Jones out of the backfield on that wheel route. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I've, oh, right. it's, that's like, that's, that's highlight reel right there. And I just that I love awesome. that hit. And like I said, it was clean, and it was just you know he, you know drove his shoulder through his stomach and knocked the ball free when he did the hit. It was just it was like one of those great hits, you know. It's just who would you say? It was was it Tavon Wilson did that? Yeah, it was Tavon. Yep. Yeah, I I, I just thought like you said uh, between the two guys I mentioned and you bring up Tavon, it's a great thing to bring up because that was a huge play. Um, you know, really good safety play as well. You know, I just thought there was. There's just a lot of good bright spots. Like you say, the fight, the grit, like people are still frustrated to, to lose a game like that. But if there was a ton on the line, I'd be breaking my computer right now while we're talking. But instead it was just, I mean, I mean, listen to these stats, Grifka. David Blau, 12 for 29, 122 and a pick at the end of the game, which he's shown to be great at. Like, hey, I'll kind of hang in there for three and a half quarters. And then when the game is in the balance, I'll either throw a pick or go three and out and cost us. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't mind him as like a clipboard holder, but I think he's sort of shown what he is, you know, great guy in the locker room, but he's, he's frustrated me a lot. Your boy, Ty Johnson. I mean, I don't know if he led us in rushing, but it says three carries here, 65 yards. I know carry on and Bo, like you said, had some bright spots, but they were probably in that 40, 50 yard range. And Kenneth Galladay, three catches 72 and was out basically what five, seven minutes into the game with, what looked like a very odd concussion, they called it. He just sort of fell down. I thought he fell on the football and got his wind knocked out of him. Next thing you know, he's completely out of the game. That was that was really too bad for the guy. Yeah, so. that was. Yeah, it didn't look like something. You know, it's a, I guess just the way the human body works and angles and the speed that he fell at. Because you're right, it didn't look like the most devastating, you know, hit of the head on the ground. But I mean, still, I mean, obviously it knocked him out, made him woozy enough for the you know it might have been one of those things where when like there's somebody up enough up in the press box now that watches that too if anybody looks you know slow getting up woozy something they they actually call down to the sideline and tell the team to make sure that they go into concussion protocol as well so i know that's happened in a few different games this year where guys try to go back in and they've had to stop the game to pull them off 
to put him in concussion <laughs> protocol because the person up in the press box is like, no, 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 uh, you can pull that guy off and look at him. Hold on, Griff. That's a good point, but I have a funny gimmick. We can't get on a big side tangent, but you know what I want one of these days is how like they mic up the players. I want to get a one of these players mic'd up that sort of gets called over by the medical staff, but he's one of those players that like can't even read uh, read the phone book. And so like they start asking him the concussion questions. It doesn't matter if he has it or not. There's just no way he's getting through the protocol. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, 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 I need that on like NFL films audio. Where it's just like, where are you at? I don't know. <laughs> like, like, but, it, but he's not concussed at all. <laughs> well, see, that's why we can't draft Chase Young because the guy can't even do an interview when he's, sent, when he's sound. I mean, you know, put him in a football game. He's always going to sound like he has a concussion. Chase, where are you at? Okay. Griffith, you say, you know, here, let me bell myself. You said that on a previous show. There but it is. But I, 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 I disagree. Just tell him to go hunt the quarterback and, and devour the run game. I mean, gosh, now I really hope we get him because you're just going to hate on every little thing he does. And I'm going to be like, look at, we got him and flowers for the next well, half decade. Oh, my. When we go to the home opener next year, it means we're going to wear your tiny team midriff and you're going to be showing off your stomach and be like, hey, man, check oh, yeah. it out. I worked them. Yeah, I'll definitely need to do a few crunches beforehand if that happens. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's my dream. So so here's the here's the good part. So we were frustrated at the end. We, had, we talked about some bright spots. We obviously had some fun here on the show. The Lions, you know, when this game ended, we had the third pick. It couldn't get any worse than the third pick. You know, Everybody knew it was a long shot for the Redskins to lose, especially based on the team they put out there. They got bombed by Dallas. So it's going to go the Bengals, Washington, and our Lions. Unfortunately, but fortunately, at number three overall, um, we're going to talk all about that this offseason. But to me, that was huge. You know, for as bad as the season it was, they basically did the right thing with IRing people, keeping them safe, as well as, you know, not winning so that we can get the absolute best draft pick, the best player. And we had this argument last year that, you know, wins versus draft pick. Well, last year they got some wins late that somewhat cost them. And this year they didn't. So I'll be real curious to see who they get and how it turns out because those losses could be the best thing that's happened to this team in like a decade when it's all said and done. If the draft falls the way and a few of these players turn out that they get at the top of the first, second and third rounds, you could be looking back, Griffka, and saying, man, that was like a really, really tough season, but it changed our fortunes for years to come. So that's what I'm hoping for. That's the uh, silver and Honolulu blue lining right there for that uh, the season and that ball game. But that's it, man. Lions done for the year. Three wins, a bunch of losses, and a freaking tie. Yeah, that tie. Who knew that tie would uh, you know, uh, stop us from getting the number two pick? No, Grifka. If you if you'd pay attention on Twitter, a bunch of people said it wouldn't have mattered anyway. We I still know. would have been in third based yeah, on tiebreakers. So don't don't yeah. give me your don't give me I that know garbage. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> You're just trying to dampen the the situation like always. But no, man, it's been a uh, it's been a tough season. It's been a fun show though today. We're gonna come back on. Uh, on Friday, we have a whole slate of things, kind of that end-of-season type wrap-up. We're putting together our off-season type shows. I want everybody to come back next Wednesday and check us out because Matt Pat and Bob Quinn just stepped to the podium uh, a little before we started recording here on Monday. I got all types of takes, all types of rants, all types of issues with people in the media. Some things Matt Pat said, some Bob Quinn stuff. Grifka, you better be ready for that show because I'm going to be ready to go. Um, Grifka. I mean, we're going to be loaded up Detroit Kool-Aid. I mean, 
You got anything else for the people? Uh, nope. Everybody, drink that Detroit Kool-Aid or put in the season in the rearview mirror. We'll obviously talk a little bit about it, but we're moving forward to 2020. We hope that you'll continue to support us, listen. We really appreciate it, and we're going to talk all things Detroit Lions. Me and Grifka along with Matt, Pat, and Bob Quinn, and a whole bunch of other people, are going to get this thing turned around and, and get us going in the right direction. So check us uh, on Friday. We'll be talking all things Detroit Lions right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Pack the bag, stop the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in. <laughs>